Hi, and welcome back to the latest edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson. Uh, Shai Dweck, obviously, he had stuff to take care of, so he is not here today. So it's just going to be me, and hopefully Shai can come back and return next week. So, week 11 now, and I can't believe it's already week 11. This season feels like every season really fly, flies by, and this season is no different I mean, just taking a look at the schedule for this week, there's some really good games, games that are going to have a lot of playoff implications down the road. So let's get right into it, because it's game time. So let's start with the Thursday night game, tonight's game, and this might be the biggest one of all. The Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, are taking on the Seattle Seahawks, and the Cardinals are first place in their division. The Arizona Cardinals are leaving the NFC West at 6-3, and and Seattle, due to losses to Arizona and now the Rams earlier in the season, they have fallen to third place despite having the same record at 6-3. and So, obviously, this is a huge game because if the Cardinals win, not only are they 7-3 and versus Seattle, who will be then 6-4, and but then they would have also swept Seattle and would have taken home the all-important head-to-head, which it looks like could be extremely important the way this division race is starting to play out. And Seattle, they're obviously trying to even the season series and not uh, get swept by their division rival. And obviously, if they beat the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are 6-4, and four, and Seattle improves to 7-3. and three. So this is just a huge game all around. Uh, last game, the Sunday night game, these two teams met where Arizona had the great comeback, game went overtime. We've had great games, including the Arizona-Buffalo game just a week ago, which that was an incredible game. But, I mean, Arizona and Seattle, the last time these two teams met earlier this season, is really right in the thick of contention for game of the year. Obviously, you know, Bills, uh, Bills-Rams was a really good game. Cardinals-Bills is a big game. And I guess we see this pattern of NFC West teams have been in the most incredible finished games, best games of the year, most exciting and nail-biting action type of games. And tonight's game, I expect to be no different. I think we're going to have a lot of points scored. Seattle's defense looked much better against the Rams. Now, I don't know if that was a product of the Rams trying to get up early and then maybe trying to kind of keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands by, you know, running the clock down, running the ball after grabbing that early lead. But Seattle's defense, they forced the fumble on Jared Goff. Uh, Russell Wilson kind of gave it right back with a pretty boneheaded play from Russell Wilson when you just don't see that all that often. But I, I, I just expect this to be a really good game. And Seattle has hit a bit of a struggle. And I think... We've seen Russell Wilson struggle these last couple games, and Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But the first kind of six, seven, eight games, he was playing out of his mind. He was playing MVP caliber football, and he was running away with the MVP award around the midway point of the season. And obviously, you know, two, three games usually don't make a big difference. But against Buffalo, and then... Uh, last week against the Rams, Russell Wilson just did not look good. I mean, he made some... He's turning the ball over, which you just haven't seen Russell Wilson do 
that much. And it's been surprising. So I think he's probably trying to do too much. I know he has really good weapons with Lockett, with Metcalf, but he knows that Seattle defense is not what it was when he first came into the league. He knows their defense, you know, he's going to have to put up points in order to keep up. And I think he's trying to do too much. He's trying to, you know, hit for, I guess, you know, a five-run home run, which obviously is impossible. But he's trying to do too much, and I think he's trying to play hero ball, which you see from a lot of young quarterbacks. But veterans like Russell Wilson, you just don't see that much. So I'm wondering, you know, how he's going to look tonight. I think he's going to look I think he's going to have a really good game. I think he's going to bounce back and have a really good game. And Kyle Murray, you know, as Russell Wilson as kind is still obviously right in the thick of the MVP race, Kyle Murray has jumped right into the race himself. And it's looking like whoever wins this division, that quarterback could end up coming away with MVP. Obviously, you know, if the Rams win, Jared Goff most likely will not win the MVP award, but if the Cardinals or Seahawks win the division, very well, that quarterback could be coming away with the MVP trophy as well. This is a very tough game tough game to pick. And although Arizona and Seattle seem like seem like they are going in opposite ways, I am gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson kinda as as a veteran uh is gonna have a bounce back game tonight. The game is in Seattle. It's not freezing, but you know, it's chillier than maybe what Arizona's accustomed into the kind of controlled conditions in Arizona. I think I think Kyler Murray has a big game. I think Russell Wilson has a big game. I think, you know, receivers on both sides have big games. But I, at the end of the day, I do think Russell Wilson has a bounce-back game. And I do think Russell Wilson makes the necessary plays in order to win this game. At home, I guess at now Lumen Field, which apparently I just today I don't I don't know if it happened just today or within the last couple of days or whatever, but apparently it's no longer Century Link Field. It is now Lumen Field that the Seattle Seahawks play in. But this should be a really good game. I'm excited for the game. I think this very well could be the game of the week, and if it lives up to the hype, possibly even the game of the year. But despite the uh, the ways kind of these teams are trending, I am going to go with the Seattle Seahawks for a bounce-back game and to even the season series against their division rival. So, now let's get into the Sunday games. And let's uh, let's talk about maybe one of the more obvious games to pick and what should be a bit of a snooze fest. The Pittsburgh Steelers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I'll give Jacksonville credit. Jake Luton has played very well in his two games, and against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field, a lot of people, including myself, thought it would be a blowout, and they hung in there. You have to give Jacksonville a lot of credit. They hung in there, they lost, but that game was a whole lot closer than I think anyone expected, even Jaguars fans. This game's in Jacksonville, which I don't know if it makes a huge difference. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers might play a little better, in, you know, when the weather is colder in Pittsburgh, but especially that defense of Pittsburgh. But at the same time, I just think the Steelers are rolling on all cylinders. Their defense is playing much better the last few games. And Roethlisberger, 
I mean, he's had an unbelievable bounce back season coming off the elbow injury, which, you know, in his throwing in his throwing arm, that's very dangerous. And especially at his age, could have been kind of career ending or at least, you know, career threatening in terms of how well can he play? What will the quality of his play been? But sometimes, you know, that defense, which obviously had high expectations you know, coming into the season, that defense has not always played its best football. And you see Roethlisberger and their own, you know, we Arizona, going back to the other game, Arizona, they have a great wide receiver trio, trio with Hopkins, Fitzgerald, and Kirk. But the Pittsburgh trio of Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool have been incredible. So I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a big game. Again, a rookie quarterback, and I was worried about it with Joe Burrow, and this week's no different. A rookie quarterback against that Steelers defense, I think that could, I think that could get ugly. So I like the Steelers to win this game in a bit of a blowout. So now let's get to another game that I'm really excited for, and it should be a really good competitive game. The Detroit Lions, who are coming off. An interesting win against Washington. They, I mean, it looked like they were going to win pretty handily. And then Washington and, you know, Alex Smith leads a, you know, huge comeback. Detroit obviously ended up winning as time expired on the Matt Prater 59-yard field goal. In Carolina, I think they're still, they're playing solid football still, but they are 3-7. and seven. They haven't played as well the last few weeks. And that's why I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater will play, but he is coming off a bit of a knee injury where, you know, obviously he's not going to miss any time, but we don't know how healthy he really is. I do expect this game to be a bit of a shootout, though. Panthers defense has played well at times, or at least better than expected, and, you know, I really like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I think they're both going to have big weeks, but uh, I I just, I really like this uh, fit. Stafford looks like, you know, he had the bad game against Minnesota, but he has a big game against Washington. And overall, I think Stafford's going to get in a bit of a groove. Now, Stafford, he's coming off. He's a bit banged up, too. So these are, these are two quarterbacks that are expected to play, but they are a bit banged up coming into the game. So it it really could come down to which quarter which quarterback is the healthiest, which quarterback is able to kind of just look sharp look more sharp which I know obviously you could say about any game but especially quarterbacks who are both kind of maybe not a hundred percent coming into this one but I am going to go with the Detroit Lions I think the Vikings game was a bad game I mean that was a really bad game by Detroit uh kind of as well as the Indianapolis game but overall you know they've won the game's um, they were supposed to win, especially the kind of the last few week few weeks, because I think the Colts. I may have, I think I did pick Detroit to win that game, but the Colts have shown they are the better team, and Minnesota's kind of getting on a roll now. So I like Detroit in this game. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be pretty high scoring, but I will go with the Detroit Lions to edge one out against the Carolina Panthers. And hey, Lions are five and five, so who knows the way they are headed. So now let's go. Now let's go to a game that, if you looked at the teams just a year ago, you'd have thought this would have been the Sunday night game, or at least the four twenty five game. The New England Patriots taking on the Houston Texans, and yet somehow it's four and five against two and seven. 
<laughs> that is obviously not what anyone expected, even coming into the season. 4-5 and five against 2-7 and seven with these two teams. Patriots, look, they barely beat the Jets. And people criticize them, thinking that they should have blown them out. This team really is terrible. But a win's a win, and I think we saw... You know they they kind of got back on the winning on their winning track. It wasn't pretty, but they you know kind of they were able to grind out a win against the Jets, and then they used that as kind of momentum to win against uh, the Baltimore Ravens to beat a team that many expected could possibly blow out the Patriots, and you know that that obviously a big win confidence booster for New England even if it might be too little, too late. This Houston Texans team is is not good. I mean, it's just not. It's not good. We thought, you know, even with Hopkins gone, Deshaun Watson would still be lighting the league on fire. And then we saw last week, you know, the Texans scored, what, one touchdown against the Cleveland Browns? And the Browns' defense has been pretty good, actually, especially as of late. They've been overperforming as of late. So, kind of giving credit to Cleveland. But... I mean, one touchdown, and I know I think, you know, they got into maybe, like, the goal-to-go goal, a goal to go situation, and they went for it on fourth, so, you know, I guess what, maybe instead of going for going for it, you kick a field goal, but even so, 10 points? Like, this Houston offense just hasn't looked, it's looked out of sorts. From day one, it's looked out of sorts, and they just never have gotten into a groove. And you can say the same thing about the Patriots, but at times they have shown sparks. I think they showed a couple, you know, sparks last week against Baltimore, even in a loss against Seattle. At times they looked really good, and even against Buffalo, they showed that they were able to move the ball up and down the field. So the Patriots have looked much better over the last few weeks. Houston, I think, are they still trying to find their identity? I mean, it's week eleven, and the Houston Texans are still trying to find their identity, and that. That kind of that falls on coaching, and I know they went through a coaching change in the middle of the season, which obviously doesn't help. But the Houston Texans just seem like to be in a bit of a mess, and obviously at two and seven, it's a lost season for them. But I mean, if you're a Texans fan, with with no first round pick, I mean you're looking for some signs of hope. And again, through nine games for them, there has there been one sign that you can point to and say. That's encouraging, or I'm excited. I hope that is able to translate into next year when we're a more competitive team. If I'm a Texans fan, I am very discouraged in really every phase by what I've seen as we now approach Week 11, and I just kind of think I think that continues. I think that continues this week, and I think the Patriots, you know, after being two and five, and you know, people are really laughing at them for the first time. Really, in the in the 21st century, the Patriots win. I think they're going to get their third win in a row, and I think they're going to improve to five and five. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I I think Cam's going to have a decent game. But that team, but especially that offense, just has not looked. It's it's been pretty bad. It's been pretty ugly. And again, there's just not there's nothing that if I'm a Texans fan, I can point to that is a sign of improvement. Or an encouraging sign moving forward, so just an uh, an ugly situation there in Houston, and it'll be telling you know who's their GM, who's their coach, moving forward. So 
big offseason for Houston in terms of the future of the team. You have your quarterback, you signed him long-term, but now you have to get the necessary pieces, whether we're talking about on the field or in the front office or coaching staff, around him for him to be able to succeed. I also think that's a big reason why Patrick Mahomes is this good so soon, because he had so much raw talent coming out but he was raw. He was very raw. He had incredible arm talent, but there are a lot of, you know, he would make one great throw and the next throw would be a bonehead interception. But he got, you know, the proper coaching from Andy Reid, Brett Veach, their general, the Chiefs GM, uh, kind of surrounded him with the right pieces. And I think the way the Chiefs handled the Mahomes situation, especially his rookie year when he sat out almost every game except the last game, which by then the Chiefs had locked everything up. So, you know, a win or a loss didn't matter. Mahomes was ready by his second year. He kind of saw, you know, obviously you can't really grow accustomed to the speed of the game, but he saw a seasoned veteran in Alex Smith. He got great coaching from Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, And then obviously Brett Veach did a tremendous job of uh, scouting, drafting, and the Chiefs just do a good, a very good job of developing their own homegrown talent. And for Houston, that GM, the GM coach to quarterback, they have the quarterback. They have to get the GM and head coach right this off season. So now let's go to another huge, huge, huge game when we're going to talk about playoff seeding and the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. Two teams that were expected to win. Two teams that at least I thought would win last week. Two teams that I think a lot of people thought would win last week. And, you know, both games in prime time where everyone could watch. And in this entire second half, Tennessee got dominated. Tennessee got dominated. Like, it wasn't wasn't close. Uh, The Colts, especially for for special teams, you know... Special teams, yeah, you can win and lose games on special teams. And we just saw that the special teams of the Titans just did not deliver. And Titans, obviously, they had a very good first drive. And overall, the first half was solid. But then after that, the Titans just... They they were inconsistent in terms of moving the ball. They couldn't move the ball kind of... The first couple drives they were able to do really well. They scored early, but Tannehill just did not look great. And it's weird because the Titans are a team where if they get ahead, they can put you to sleep real quickly. Obviously, Derrick Henry is their running back. Very good offensive line. Great. Uh, they're great off play action. So it was very surprising to see the Titans go up the way they did. And then... They just looked out of sorts. They just looked out of sorts, and they could kind of never regain the early momentum, and they lost a big game to their division rival Indianapolis. Baltimore, on the other hand, as we just kind of talked about with the Patriots, they were expected to win that game. They were expected to win that game, and New England kind of punched them in the mouth early, scored a couple of early touchdowns, had some trickery, and I'll read you this very interesting stat. Uh, kind of, we last year and I guess really in the off season it was always you know Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You know we kind of compared them as these two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and they're both very very young. And this was a very interesting stat. 
after their loss to the Patriots on Sunday night, and this is from uh, Trey Wingo, he tweeted out, Lamar Jackson is 0-6 now uh, when the Ravens are down by ten or by double digits since uh, since the start of 2019. So kind of not including, you know, Lamar played about around half of the 2018 season plus the playoffs. So kind of not including that. Since the start of 2019, the Ravens are 0-6. The Chiefs, or I guess that actually might be... Now, now I'm reading it. Sorry, I'm kind of rereading this now and... Now that I'm reading it, it actually sounds like that actually includes the 2018 season. Excuse me. So that's that's my fault. But either way, Ravens 0 and 6. Chiefs. So this I think this is at since the start of 2019 are 7 and 1 when trailing by 10 or more points. When when they're down by 10 or more, that's almost when the other team should be scared because because just of how prolific and explosive and how quickly Casey can see can score that they're never out of any ball game as we really saw all playoff run long last or last playoffs especially when they were down 24 to nothing and in a blink of an eye they were winning which was incredible but 0-6 for Lamar Jackson and we get it the Ravens are built in a way where they have to score early they have to score early then they can do their you know creative running and kind of put the game on ice and obviously, look, that's worked for the majority of games, for the majority of the last two and a half seasons, and it's been great. But at some point, you're not going to take an early lead. And at some point, you're going to have to throw the ball to win the game, or you're going to have to mount a, a comeback. And so far, Lamar Jackson, and that Lamar Jackson-led Ravens offense, has been unable to do that. And that has to change. And I'm not saying, you know, whether it's against the Titans, a team that I think what I, what we're just talking about, that was, in, that was for the world to see. Titans grabbed an early lead, and that Baltimore offense just did not look like the Baltimore offense we saw throughout the entire regular season last year. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this game. I'm going to go with the Ravens. The game is in Baltimore and my, whoever wins this game might be the team that scores first. <laughs> Both these teams really live and die of scoring early, kind of scoring me early and often in like the first half, and then just pounding it, running the ball down teams' throats. And that's why it was so surprising to see the Titans grab that early lead and then kind of blow it and not be able to rebound from it. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. And like I said the last few weeks, I think their defense is it might lead them. I think their defense is going to lead them to a big game. That Titans defense has not been great. That Titans defense has not been great. Baltimore's defense has been. And I think, you know, I think they're going to do a pretty good job on Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. And I think that defensive line, that front seven, is going to do all they can to, you know, stop Derrick Henry. And we've seen the Colts, you know. Derrick Henry did not run all over the Colts. You know, the Colts... You know, Henry may have had a nice game, but the Colts did a you know, solid job of, after the Titans took that early lead, they did not let Derrick Henry put that game on ice. And I think the Ravens, you know, for their sake, they ha- they're they going to obviously want to grab that early lead, but I don't think they're going to let Derrick Henry run all over them like we have seen Derrick Henry do to some other teams. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to defense. This game's in Baltimore. 
I like the I like the Ravens here in a close one. But again, both these teams are six and three. They're both coming off tough primetime losses. Which team is gonna bounce back? Which team is going to bounce back after a tough loss that they expected to win and improve to seven and three on the season? Because Baltimore, it's looking like they're they're in a position where they're gonna have to go for a wild card. I, I don't Pittsburgh. I don't think is losing three games this year. And their schedule is very easy the rest of the way. You know, they have, the Steelers have the Bills, the Ravens, and the Colts. Colts, I think, being in Pittsburgh, Ravens in Pittsburgh, and I do think they have to go to Buffalo. Those are their three toughest games, and those aren't easy games per se. But Colts in Pittsburgh, I would think they would win. Ravens, they beat in Baltimore, and so I think they could beat them in Pittsburgh. And Buffalo, maybe, maybe not. We don't know with the game being in Buffalo. But either way, Pittsburgh, I, I would be stunned if they lose three more games this year. And that and that's saying I don't think Pittsburgh's losing three games, but even if they do, then we're also then we also have to assume Baltimore's gonna win out. Baltimore's gonna win out, and obviously if they do, that means the head to head would be tied and then we'd have to look uh, at division record and I I did not look at that so I don't know where that stands right now. But Baltimore's at this point, I'd be very surprised if they somehow come back and win the division. So Baltimore's looking like they're they're in the hunt for more of the wild card spots, where Tennessee obviously is right in the thick of it in their division, which I, I believe right now belongs to the Indianapolis Colts after the Colts had came up with that big win against the Titans last Thursday night. So now let's go to an NFC versus AFC game, but a game that's should be very fun and interesting. And it's the Philadelphia Eagles against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland being 6-3, and three, Philly being 3-5-1, and one, coming off a tough loss to the Giants where the Giants outcoached them. You know, Carson Wentz led some pretty good drives, but it felt, you know, Eagles had a great drive. Giants responded right back. I'm going to go with the Browns here, and it's because of that defense. The Cleveland Browns' defense, these last two games, has been incredible. They lost to the Raiders, but they held the Raiders to to 16 points. The defense played very well and incredibly well enough to win that game. Texans, as we kind of mentioned when talking about the Texans earlier, they held the Texans to one touchdown. So, you know, obviously they they had their, uh, you know, they've had a couple of rough games. Dallas, they got scored on. That was obviously with Dak. Pittsburgh had their way. They beat Cincinnati, but that was a back-and-forth shootout. The Cleveland Browns, remember, in between the Raiders and Texans game, they had their bye week. That defense looks refreshed. Miles Garrett's in the thick of it for Defensive Player of the Year. And Carson Wentz, who I know he didn't have any turnovers, but there was definitely, you know, just watching the Giants-Eagles game, there are a lot of dropped snaps where I don't know if that was on Wentz or uh, the center Kelsey or the offensive line but Miles Garrett against the Eagles offensive line which has not been great this season and Carson Wentz who's had a lot of turnovers against a much improved Browns defense the last couple weeks I like the Cleveland Browns now I can also see Baker Mayfield turning over the football more but Baker Mayfield has done a better job He's had some really, really tough games. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously, and Baltimore. Kind of two 
two of their three losses, and, um, they, uh, yeah, Vegas, you know, I'm still getting used to saying the Las Vegas Raiders, but seven interceptions, that is a lot, um, 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions, not terrible, but Carson Wentz leads the NFL, I believe, in turnovers, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think which quarterback does not turn the ball over more, or which defense forces more turnovers, but the the way Carson Wentz is playing, Carson Wentz has turned the ball over more than Baker Mayfield, and because of that, I got to go with Cleveland. So now let's go to a division matchup that should be very interesting because it's the return of Jameis Winston. The Atlanta Falcons taking on Jameis Winston. The game's in New Orleans. I think I'm going to go with Atlanta here. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I do think it's going to be a pretty big shootout, uh, and I think that kind of plays into Atlanta's favor. And I just think what Jameis Winston is, I think he'll be more conservative at times. He has a very, you know, I mean, he had Evans and Godwin, but Tom, you know, he has Thomas here. I do think, though, the Falcons are going to be able to get a win here. I think it's going to be really tough, and I think it could be whoever has the ball last. But I think the Falcons are going to be able to squeak out a win against their division rival Saints. I, the Falcons are 3-6. and six. So, it might not matter for their sake. But hey, a big win on the road against a big division opponent. that That's definitely something you can hang your hat on if you're Atlanta. Or if you're a Falcons fan. And the Saints, they're 7-2. and two. They're 7-2. and two. They're playing some really good football. We just don't know how Jameis Winston will play. We don't know how Jameis Winston will play. And, uh, and I guess kind of for that reason, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. So now let's go to the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, taking on the number two overall pick, Chase Young. So number one overall versus number two overall. I guess it maybe would have been more fun if they were both quarterbacks, but either way, still should be a very fun and competitive game with one being a pass rusher, one being a quarterback. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow has played very well. I, he struggled against the Steelers, and to, that was expected. If if he came up and lit up in Pittsburgh, the Steelers' defense, that would have been an eye-opener. Eye that would have been a huge eye-opener if he had lit up the Steelers' defense. So, knowing he struggled, that doesn't really change my opinion of him. Because I, I don't... I said it you know earlier, Jake Luton, I think, is going to struggle. And I think a lot of quarterbacks are going to struggle... Even veterans. And Washington, we saw. Detroit lit him up. This defense was supposed to be, you know, the big strength of the team. The Giants, you know, they only scored 23, but they kind of struggled in the second half. But overall, they played well. The Rams lit him up. Like, the Washington defense was supposed to be the strength of the team, especially that pass rush, and it just hasn't been. I mean, I guess, you know, Alex Smith played well, but overall, I guess you can't. I mean, I guess you could say the defense has been better than the offense. So I guess, you know, you could say it's been the strength, but almost by default. I do think Alex Smith actually has a pretty good game, though. And I do think both defenses haven't been great, although, you know, Fuller, Washington's cornerback, has been very good this year. I'll give him credit. And, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, 
they've shown flashes and they've shown they can be very good. It's almost developing that consistency and that overall team consistency and unit consistency of that defense. And I just like that Bengals offense led by Joe Burrow, who even if it's Giovanni Bernard and not Joe Mixon, a really good passing, pass catching running back in Bernard, so that doesn't worry me. And then again, Boyd Green, even though Green struggled, and T. Higgins. T. Higgins has probably been the best receiver in that offense so far this season. And again, you know, Burrow and Higgins, both rookies coming in the same year. Maybe they developed a relationship there, especially on the field. So I like the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a big game against Washington, and I think the Bengals are going to uh, get get that third win, third win of the season and improve to 3-6-1. and one. I think if you're a Bengals fan, you have to like the way your team is trending. They've been in some games. Their offense has looked really good. Joe Burrow has looked really good. Washington, Alex Smith has looked really good, but Alex Smith isn't your future. Washington needs kind of that future franchise quarterback, which obviously, by giving up on Haskins, they've kind of already shown that Haskins is not their guy. So whether it's in this year's draft or an upcoming draft soon, they have to get that franchise guy if they want to be competitive and want and want to have a real chance of making a deep playoff run. I guess if you're Washington, I guess an encouraging thing is this is the draft to do it as you obviously have the obvious top guys with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, but even guys like Trevor or Trey Lance and then you know, even guys Mac Jones and Zach Wilson have really climbed up boards with impressive impressive performances this season. So there should Washington should have, if they want to, some uh, nice nice choices at the top of the draft. So now let's go to the zero and nine Jets and the two and seven Chargers. Chargers Herbert's played very well this season. He did not look great against Miami Dolphins last week, but in fairness, the Miami Dolphins have looked a lot of have made a lot of quarterbacks surprisingly not look great. Miami's played very Miami's defense has played very well this season. I do think the Chargers get the win here. I think Joe I think the Jets can make this competitive. I think the Jets can make this very competitive, actually. But in the end, I do think Justin Herbert, and again, kinda like we talked about with Burrow and having, you know, the way the team is trending. I like the way the Chargers are trending, especially uh, regarding Justin Herbert and having that future franchise signal caller. So I like the Chargers in this one. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a big day against a Jet secondary that released Paul Desir. Now Brian Poole is out for the year. The Jets have so many injuries to that secondary or just really absences from that secondary. So I think Justin Herbert might have a field day. We'll see. Chargers defense has to play better. That's why I thought you know maybe the Jets will be able to be able to put up points. But I just think that Chargers offense is just going to have a big game, and I think you know maybe the Jets can hang in there. But I do like the Chargers to come away with their third win of the season, dropping the Jets to zero and ten on the season. So now let's go to the Miami Dolphins taking on the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke. We saw he might not play. He's banged up. Even if he does, that Dolphins, as I was just saying, that Dolphins defense has looked great this year. Brian Flores, another team that you have to love the way 
I mean, I would say the way that they're trending, but they're also 6-3. and three. You know, this is a team that it looks like a year or two way ahead of schedule, and they're right in the thick of things in the playoff picture. They are, I mean, they really are right there. They're just a half game behind the Buffalo Bills. They're a half game behind the Buffalo Bills, and I believe the Bills, they don't play this week. So, you know, the Dolphins, they did lose to the Bills uh, in week two, narrow loss, but they did lose to the Bills. So, even if they do win against Denver, they would still they would still be second, but they'd be tied. And then they play the Jets and Bengals, two games that are very winnable. The Dolphins could have the Dolphins could be winning this division, maybe not at season's end. And I'm looking at their schedule. January third, last game of the season, Dolphins against the Bills. So that'd be a really fun game. But going going back to this Dolphins Broncos game, the Broncos they had a lot of promise. I thought you know from a you know, young position standpoint, Drew Locke looks like he is not taking the next step. Obviously, he got injured early in the season, so it could have been kind of, you know, he never had the time to develop and get kind of the chemistry going with guys like Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. We saw Cortland Sutton went down with a season-ending injury early in the season. So the Broncos, a lot of injuries, including guys like Von Miller, and we'll see... Drew Locke, though, I thought he showed signs last year, and so far those signs just have not come up this season. So we'll see. Denver might be in the market for a quarterback. They might want to give uh, Drew Locke one more year. It'll probably depend on where they're picking. But I, I like Miami in this game, and Miami, looks. we'll see what happens this week. But if they can get the win like I expect, 7-3, and three, and right there with the Bills atop the AFC East. So, now let's go to a game that I think, if Dak were healthy, I think this would be a really fun and interesting game. The Cowboys against the Vikings, and the Vikings are 4-5, and five, but remember, this team was 1-5 and five going into a game in Lambeau Field after getting blown out by Atlanta. They beat the Packers, they really beat up the Lions, and then in the freezing cold of Chicago... Monday night, prime time, late in the game, it's tied, and Kirk Cousins leads his team. Running game wasn't working until, you know, it started, you know, to slowly get going late. But Kirk Cousins led his team to a win against a big division rival where Chicago's 5-5 five and five now. Minnesota's 4-5. and five. I still, the division, I think, is out of reach because you do have... The Packers, who are seven and two, and you know, I said Minnesota beat them in Lambeau. Packers beat them in Minnesota, so it's not even like Minnesota has that tiebreaker. I like Minnesota to beat Dallas, though. I think you know Andy Dalton's back, so no more Garrett Gilbert. But Andy Dalton looked terrible, you know, against Washington before the injury, he looked bad. Uh, against Arizona, I mean, I thought he would. I thought the Cowboys were going to be in okay hands because I thought he's a veteran quarterback. He's led his team to the playoffs before. I know he might not be the same guy, but I still have confidence that he at least won't lose you the game. He's looked terrible. I mean, with Ezekiel Elliott, who I know has not been great this year, but you you still have a very good running back in Zeke. You have 
C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. Very good trio. One of the best trios, if not the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. And he's just, like, bad. Meanwhile, Minnesota's defense, and I said at the beginning of the year, I said, Mike Zimmer, I think, will be able to coach some of those young secondary players. Obviously, Daniel Hunter's out for the year. They trade Yannick Ngakwe. Jeff Gladney has played much better. And that secondary still has a lot of room to improve. But over the last few weeks, I know Devontae Adams tore him up, but Devontae Adams tears up almost every secondary. Over the last few weeks, that Viking secondary has looked much better. Much better, especially when you're comparing it to how the season started and, you know, games against, you know, Atlanta and the Titans and, of course, the Packers. You're starting to see some more consistency and you're starting to see a lot of these young draft picks from Minnesota develop into guys who will be uh, starters and very capable starters for years to come. So Minnesota, from their defense, I really like the way they're trending this season. And again... Minnesota's four and five. I think they're going to beat Dallas this week. That puts them at five and five. Then they have Carolina and Jacksonville, both winnable games. They have Tampa, which will be tough. But then Chicago, which I think obviously they just beat Chicago, so that's a, a winnable game. And New Orleans, and then New Orleans, which will obviously be tough. And then they finish with Detroit, who they beat. So I guess, you know, kind of. We'll see how they finish, but it's possible. Could they finish 9-7? and seven? I think they could. I think they definitely... I think 9-7 and seven with, remember, that new... That extra playoff spot. Seven teams now making each conference. Minnesota, after starting 1-5, and five, and people calling for possible Mike, possibly Mike Zimmer to get fired. 1-5, from I guess 1-5, not 1-7, excuse me. Uh... I may have said one and seven. I meant one and five. Nine and seven is definitely in the realm of possibility, and nine and seven might get you in the playoffs. Nine and seven NFC is very competitive, especially when you look at the West. But nine and seven might get might get you in the playoffs. It'll be close, but it's definitely something to watch for. As Minnesota, who they traded Yannick, but they didn't trade you know the farm or anything. They have an outside shot. They have an outside shot at completing the the comeback after starting, after such an abysmal start to the season. So now we'll go to that other NFC North team, the Green Bay Packers, who are 7-2, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. And Colts, obviously, as I talked about earlier when talking about the Titans, coming off a big, big win against the, um, the Colts, or the division rival Titans. This game's in Indianapolis, and most... You know, we'll see. Can Rivers played very well. I thought he played very well, especially in the second half. I like. I Aaron Rodgers is in a groove, though. I know maybe they didn't play great against Jacksonville, but Niners. They've been up and down at times. They have been up and down at times, but Aaron Rodgers has played very well throughout this entire season. I expect that to continue. This Colts team. They've shown the Titans, which was that's why I picked Tennessee to win. Is you know the Colts, they were beating up on teams, on good teams, not great teams, or you know they're beating up on solid to bad teams, and you know they lost to Cleveland, who's pretty good, and they lost to Baltimore, who's obviously very good, and then obviously they had the weird week one loss to Jacksonville, which was crazy. 
And then, but then they beat a very good team, especially on the road division rival game in Tennessee. I still think the Packers win because I really, I think the Cardinals, or not Cardinals, excuse me, the Colts are going to, they're going to be a playoff team, I think. I think they're going to be able to sneak in. But I think this is a team that's going to beat up on teams that are worse than them, but really struggle on teams that are really even either at their record level or above. And that's what the Packers are. So I expect the Packers to go into Indianapolis and improve to 8-2 and two on the season. So now we have Sunday Night Football, which is a rematch of the Chiefs' only loss of the season. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are 6-3. and three, And uh, Raiders have played extremely good football. They beat the Saints earlier earlier this season. And then, yeah, they handed the Chiefs their lone loss of the season as well. So Raiders have played very well. The game is in Vegas. I do think at the end of the day, the Chiefs will get their revenge, even the season series, and improve to 9-1 and on this season. It'll be interesting, though, because I think the Raiders, we still don't really know what they are, who they are, where they belong when we're kind of ranking teams or seeding teams. So even if they lose this week, can they can they keep up with Mahomes? Can they go toe-to-toe with Mahomes Cause, like they did last time? Derek Carr played an incredible game, and Vegas put up points galore. I mean, they beat the Chiefs. 40 to 32. You know, it wasn't now that's concerning from the defensive side of the ball, which has played better of late. They beat they beat the Broncos 37 to 12, they beat the Browns 16 to 6. So, their defense, you know, a couple games have played better, but that defense is still very inconsistent and has struggled a lot at times. That's why I do like the Chiefs. I do like Mahomes to have a big game and I do like the Chiefs to bounce back against the Raiders, but Hey, Raiders are right in the thick of things with kind of the Titans, Colts. I mean, they're tied with the Ravens. You know, I think now if they played each other, especially if they were in Baltimore, I would expect the Ravens to win. But the Raiders and Ravens have the same record, and that's something that a a lot of people, media, fans, I don't think would have expected at the beginning of the season. So, you know, hopefully we get a, a good game. Hopefully we get something... You know, like the rematch, or I guess not, or hopefully the rematch is something like a week one where it's close. But I do like the Chiefs to bounce back from their previous loss to the Raiders a few weeks ago and get their revenge and improve to nine and one on the season. Still, though, Raiders six and four, they're kind of in this group of six and three teams. So every game for the Raiders is a big one. I. And probably, I guess, if you're a Raiders fan, if you're a Raiders fan, you want to get the Chiefs game out of the way, so then you don't have to worry about them for the rest of the regular season. Obviously, if you're a Raiders fan, if you're facing them in the playoffs, something has gone incredibly right. So now let's go to the Monday night game, and this should be a really good game. The Rams, who are coming off a huge win against the Seattle Seahawks, big division rival, really puts them. Uh, it's second in that division, but really, again, the three-way tie between them, Seattle, and Arizona. So, obviously, Rams fans are very interested to see the outcome of tonight's game between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And they're going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who... Bucks 
have obviously played horrific against the Saints, losing 38-3. to I don't think anyone expected that type of outcome. But then, you know, Tom Brady, he was angry. He had a big game against uh, the Panthers, kind of did a pretty good job spreading the ball around. And, uh, you know, their offense really exploded after really being non-existent against the Saints. And I think they're not going to be as good as they were against Carolina because the Rams have a pretty good defense. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey obviously are there for the Rams. But I do think they won't be what they were against the Saints. I like the Buccaneers in this game. And I guess it's because Jared Goff has played solid at times. But he's also has struggled with inconsistencies. And I, I'm just going with, even though they've struggled at times this season against the Packers, or, sorry, the Bucks beat the Packers. That's my bad. I, But I meant kind of against the Saints. And, you know, really we saw inconsistencies with the Giants. And they struggled against the Bears. Overall, the Bucks offense, led by Brady, I feel like has just been more consistent overall. So I like the Buccaneers here to get their eighth win of the season and prove to eight and three, which will obviously be big because remember, I did pick a bit of an upset when I picked Atlanta to beat the Saints. So Saints would fall to seven and three in that scenario with the Bucks improving to eight and three if they win Monday night. So I guess, you know, Shy's not here, so I guess I'll do my kind of one one more thing, one last thing before I wrap up the uh, the week 11 edition of the podcast. And I'm going to go back to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. There are a wide range of outcomes with this team. And that defense I was not a fan of. And as I said, kind of when I talked about them, it hasn't been great. It's been better lately, but it hasn't been great overall this season. Derek Carr, though, is playing the best football of his career since he broke his ankle. Remember, he was having an incredible year when the Raiders went 12-4 and and made it to the playoffs. He then broke his ankle, and he's been a, a, a decent quarterback. He's been, what, average? You know, maybe a bit below. He's been, you know, a fine quarterback. But he, he was never that guy that we saw when he led his team to the playoffs that year. And this year, it's really looking like he's getting back to that guy which you know I think could fall a lot on coaching and I was very I like this offense coming into the season but I was also nervous once Tyrell Williams went down you know you had a lot of young guys led by Henry Ruggs Josh Jacobs is a second year player but getting that veteran big body receiver with Tyrell Williams they I thought you know really was a nice I always thought Tyrell Williams was underrated. So when he went down, really for the year, I I did have some concerns. But Derek Carr, I mean, completing almost 70% of his passes, 16 touchdowns, just two interceptions. That is great quarterback play. When you also, He's getting the ball to guys like Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs. Nelson Aguilar has been very good for them. And he's Aguilar's also been criticized a lot by others for his drop dropping ability, but he had talent. He definitely had talent. And Derek Hart just played very well, and it's weird. John Gruden gets talked about so much, but yet the Raiders are here, 6-3. and three. They beat teams like the Saints and Chiefs, and yet... It's been awfully quiet 
regarding John Gruden. Not many people have been talking about him. Not many people have been raving about him. And remember, after that first year of the 10-year, $100 million contract, it was looking like a complete disaster for the Las Vegas, or at the time, Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders. And, I mean, I know I was thinking, wow, they're in this contract for, you know, again, at the time, nine more years. It's the contract's fully guaranteed, so whether they want to fire him or not, they're going to have to pay him. That's a lot of money, even if it doesn't go against the salary cap. This does not look like the right hire for this team. Fast forward to now, John Gruden's doing a fantastic job. As I said, Derek Carr looks like the best quarterback, you know, the best player since, you know, the best version, I should say the best version of himself since he had that horrific uh, leg injury. Josh Jacobs is playing very well. That defense needs to be better That if they want to make a legitimate run and possibly even win a playoff game. But this team is 6-3. and three. And I thought the offense would be good, but I just didn't know if it'd be good. I just didn't think it'd be over good enough to overcome that defense, especially once Tyrell Williams went down. So I guess that that's kind of my one more thing. I just wanted to give the Raiders some credit. I it's I guess it is weird that you know John Gruden is just not not getting enough media attention, which is definitely something that I don't I don't think I'd be saying at any point. But this year that seems to be the case. So. Good job by Gruden. Good job by the Rares overall. They're obviously in a good, good spot moving forward. That's all the time we have for NFL Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson. Hopefully, my co-host, Shai Dweck, will be back next week. Obviously, next week is Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, hopefully, we'll probably have that podcast out before Thanksgiving. As we'll talk about the Thanksgiving games, which... Thanksgiving's always one of my um, favorite days, you know, overall, but especially regarding football. I just love the three games starting at 1230, going to the nighttime game. And I believe, if I'm recalling everything correctly, we get Raven Steelers as our Thanksgiving night game. So that should be a really fun and interesting game. Two, two kind of hard-nosed football teams going at it. The first time they played each other just a couple weeks ago was a really fun game. So we'll talk about that game. Of course, all the other games next week. We hope you had a fun time listening to the podcast. Hopefully, uh, we have a great week 11. We have a lot of close games, a lot of big games this week. And we will see you next week on NFL Game Time Podcast.